It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. Howdy, race fans. How the hell are you? Another episode of Race Chat Live. Wednesday night. I had to figure out where the hell I was because I'm so used to it being on Thursday night. and Now it's on Monday night. But we're coming to you live on Wednesday night. So uh, waiting for my buddies to get in. Hopefully they haven't forgotten that the show is tonight. We're only going to be on for an hour. There's no uh, n- nothing to talk about for next week. Uh, it's Easter holiday, but we do have a guest that's coming on at the bottom of the hour. It's a lot about, man, oh, man, the dirt race this past weekend. Was it a success or was it a failure? I believe it was a success and I believe it was a failure. Well, Chris, how can you have both opinions? Well, that's just me. I somehow come up with a good side and a bad side. The good side, well, you uh, brought in a whole lot of attention from fans who would not necessarily give NASCAR the time of day, or at least admit that they give NASCAR the time of day. Uh, The negative effect side is, well, those people who love to bash the sports. And uh, kudos to Marcus Smith and and Bruton, the whole Speedway uh, Corporation, uh, for continuing racing the next year. Uh, They will race on dirt for 2022. I expect a packed house. Uh, I seen a poll earlier that said what was the best race, what, what would be the best race to go to, the Bristol Dirt. Or the Bristol Night Racing by 89%. 89% pulled in that the Bristol Night Race was still uh, the better race. So, um, you know, we had weather go bad. We had a lot of... Uh, a lot of setbacks, of course. The races on Saturday didn't happen. Uh, then uh, the races on Sunday didn't happen, but we did finally get racing in on Monday. I think that the coolest part of the whole event was actually canceled, and that was going to be the heat races leading up to it. There's nothing more that I enjoyed from Eldora uh, than watching some of these guys race their way in. I've got a lot to, to talk about. I listened to the Dale Jr. download uh, this past uh, – well, actually, I listened to it last night a little bit, and then I finished listening to it today as I was doing my day job. Um, of course, you know, everybody here has a day job. <laughs> Speaking of, I believe we have uh, our crew in studio now. And uh, I will turn things over to Taz and Craig Moore. Good evening, everybody. I hope everybody uh, had a very, very good weekend. Yes, we are coming to you two days removed from the Bristol Dirt Race, but they definitely, I concur with Taz, they definitely uh, need to run that sucker under the lights. You don't run a dirt race during the day. Um, and I wish they did find an actual dirt track to run it at. Um, instead of turning one of their uh, tracks 
into a dirt track for the event, find a local track to run it at that can handle the cars and run it there, I think it would be a hell of a lot cooler. Um, I don't know how you all feel about that, but. Uh, it, uh, that, it, it, it's tough to call. <laughs> both are like, ding, 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 ding. Go ahead, Sam. It's tough to call for um, actual dirt tracks. I think literally the only one that can really stick out for an actual dirt track to host a NASCAR Cup, I will emphasize Cup mainly, um, uh, would be Knoxville. I mean, they they have the they have the capacity to do it in terms of drivers, teams, and whatnot, but. Um, the question's just going to be, can they hold the capacity for a Cup Series uh, crowd, um, especially with a pandemic going on? I mean, um, if you do pandemic, they may be able to, but in a way, NASCAR could lose money on that. Um, if with Without a pandemic, can they sell out? Can they do some expanding seating? That's where I'm questioning. Um, it's just a little. It's just hard to really put a NASCAR Cup Series on an actual dirt track. It would be nice to. Yeah, you can do it with the trucks. Maybe Xfinity, um, depending upon the crowd. But it, it's just hard to tell. The only other dirt track I could think of that could probably host a NASCAR race, um, and I've actually have thought about this after watching a video, I think it was like a year or two ago, was, and this video was on YouTube, was if you go to Las Vegas, take your three main series, do a rotation of Las Vegas. Like one year, the Cup can run the mile and a half. Uh, Xfinity can run the the bull ring, short track paved bull ring. Then truck can run on the dirt track. And each each year, they just rotate. Or each trip they go to Las Vegas, rotate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I just wish they would, you know, keep it. Uh, Keep it on somehow, some way, and maybe they could do it with Knoxville. Who knows? Um, it was sad to see that Jessica was not able to race, and uh, at Bristol, but you did say she has that she will be racing at Knoxville later in the yep. year. Yep. And and it's great because originally the plan was, and the whole Jessica racing at Bristol, um, I believe I would believe was a last minute ordeal but she but originally the idea of Helmar expanding to a two truck team was only for one race originally with the rumor of getting David Gravel to run the a second Helmar truck for Knoxville and then Jessica came off of Bristol Dirt we all knew she had to race her way in because she had no owner's points to back her up and, of course, with the weather cancellation and pushing everything back, forced NASCAR under their own hands, which I will get into that other thing, by the way, and I have my stats to back this one up. Um, and 
So, so just running Bristol and not being able to with the weather and everything backing things up. It was just like I hope she runs Knoxville, and then I kept on thinking, wait a minute, David Gravel and Stuart Friesen had something working for Knoxville. And then just to see the news that Jess is going to be driving the second truck at Knoxville um, is just amazing. And I would have to believe Stuart and David Gravel kind of said, well, her debut was supposed to be here. She had the chance to prove it. She was running with the top dogs and obviously more than likely could have raced her way in and never had a chance to. Um, let's, Let's give her an actual shot at Knoxville and make it happen. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's uh, very nice of David, but probably he didn't have much, uh, he didn't have much to say, seeing as how the middle initial on that truck is freezing, stands for freezing. Uh so I'm sure they'll give him a chance at another track, um, whether it's a dirt or uh, who knows. But I think it'll be exciting to see. I, I'll definitely be. Uh, what is the date for that? Do we know, Taz? Um, I don't think we have a set date yet. I would have to believe they would have needing to wait on cup uh, finalizing schedules and everything. But I did see a tweet earlier about how having a Bristol dirt race uh, in the springtime, it brought the excitement back for this Bristol spring race because it it had excitement. And then we've seen as years gone on, the kind the excitement for it just kind of declined uh, slowly. And then Bristol was like, well, let's throw, let's throw some dirt in. And, of course, a lot of talk about it. And then we saw the product. Some of us hated it. Some of us didn't. Some of us enjoyed it. Some of us in the middle. Uh, and so to bring talks and excitement back to the spring uh, Bristol dirt race is just amazing. And I think Bristol may have, um, they may have done it. Yeah, well, they definitely had to do something because uh, even before the pandemic, the numbers were dwindling. Um, you, you used to have to be, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, or Taz, uh, you used to have to be on a waiting list for this spring race, I believe. And now that waiting list, that waiting list, um, not last year, obviously, but the year before, it was pretty much non-existent, if I remember. And that was one yeah, of the races. 20, that, 20 years of a sellout. I mean, yeah. Uh, to, to go with what you're saying there, Craig, uh, anywhere from the middle 90s uh, all the way to about six years ago, and you, it was seven years ago, it was impossible to get a ticket to either the spring race or uh, the fall race. And, of course, it wasn't just NASCAR that suffered during a bad economy of 2011 and 2012. It was the entire, it was the entire industry, the entire sporting industry suffered. Um, but uh, this is, this was a, an appealing effect to, you know, earn back those uh, rebellious dirt track fans that said they didn't like NASCAR anymore because they were too far from its roots. Well, here was a roots hanging race, and the the naysayers and the dwellers were 
still there. So uh, I'm very positive with what Marcus Smith uh, had to say. Uh, he, uh, of course, was the guest for Dale Jr. this past week uh, and explained a lot of things that were going on with Bristol, along with the uh, Nashville Fairgrounds, along with uh, North Wilkesboro, along with Atlanta. So there was a lot of news that really uh, come out with the podcast, uh, Dirty Mo Radio, Dale Jr. Download. Uh, yesterday, if you guys did not get the chance to listen to that, uh, there's a lot of information in there. And uh, I believe that, you know, Bristol is moving back towards that that prominence again. Uh, there's, of course, some people who didn't like the race this week. Those people, I, I, don't, I don't know what to really say, because it's one thing that I've said since last year. I like the fact that NASCAR is willing to move the needle. Some things have worked, some things have not. This was another way to move the needle and to do something different, and I will always be a fan of that, just like I will always cheer a first-time winner. Yeah, I know um, that, like you said, Chris, there's always going to be those naysayers. I mean, I like the race. I, I got a chance to watch the cup race. I didn't get a chance to watch the truck race because you know, I had to work, so I was listening to it on Sirius. Pretty serious. Um, but it was exciting. I mean, the cup race was exciting. I think, Taz, you had chimed in and said something about it's going to be a wreck fest. And I don't know who. It, Go ahead. Uh, well, at first, uh at first, I thought it was going to be parking lot brawl and turn and turns one and two on the first or second lap, and to make it forty plus lap or forty plus lap caution free, it was astounding. Uh, it kind of shows the driving talent and some of these guys who either have the dirt experience or the guys who lacked it and tried getting time in, regardless if it was in the truck race prior to or running a dirt car all throughout the Bristol dirt Nationals, it seemed to pay off. Uh, the, obviously the guys that didn't get either one of those opportunities, they probably used iRacing William Byron for a great example. We saw him run towards the front for a good while of that race and he won the the iRacing series race that was broadcast in FS1 so it kind of paid off but once that first caution came out I was like okay well here's our first accident of the day and then probably not even two laps later there's another one and I'm like oh boy we're going to get ourselves a parking lot brawl here folks <laughs> hey 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 it's a parking lot brawl at Bristol Motor Speedway. So I gotta tell you, I was I I was um, quite impressed, quite impressed with the Mexican. I mean Daniel Suarez, um, the, the jumping bean. I was happy with him. I thought that he did phenomenal. He led a bunch of laps. Um, but he was another one that did what he had to do to make sure that he was, you know, a contender. 
And to finish second, for somebody who's an afterthought normally, um, I hope that I hope that they're able to do something with him. And now he drives for Spire, correct? No, he drives for Trackhouse, the Justin Martin Pitbull team. That's right. That's right. Um, so I hope that you know I hope that sponsors are taking a look and they they figure out that they can do something with this guy. I, you know, I, he got a almost a rough deal at his last home. So let's hope that um, this one and that race uh, helps propel him to uh, not superstardom, cause, but to better equipment and um, and and better finishes because I think that you know nobody wants to be an afterthought and he's, that's pretty much what he's been. He's shown the consistency so far. We've been hoping that he can show. And with him being on track house, being a single car team, he's we've seen him with Gibbs and we all thought he got rushed. And we've seen him at Stuart Haas, and we're just like, why? He ain't all that talented. Why did Stuart waste his money and time? Then, of course, we figured out, well, let's just keep the Z1 for Colchester. Then when he ran for Gaunt Brothers 96, we were just kind of like, well, let's hope he does something with them. And if you really think about it, with Suarez and the Gaunt Brothers team, Suarez was just – making sure that he kept his nose clean and made it to the end of the race. He didn't care if he finished three laps down in 35th or if he finished one lap down in 22nd. And I think that kind of driving style turned some eyeballs a little bit, and it wasn't talked about enough as much as it probably should be. But, of course, with how NASCAR and a lot of people are, you don't really drive for a mid-tier team at least. You ain't going to be talked about much. And Gaunt Brothers ain't even a mid-tier team at all, not even close. And they just had had a big name, just unfortunately just couldn't get anywhere. So Suarez, I think, used Gaunt Brothers as a step back to kind of regroup himself and be like, all right, this is kind of my chance to say I need to do what I got to do and work my way up or this ride is going to be my last opportunity of a cup series. And he made the best of it. He kept his nose clean and had to to finish. If things didn't go his way, then things just didn't go his way. He just let the racing – do what it's supposed to do and he just did what he had to do which was take the checker flag and keep his nose clean as much as possible and I think that's what led him to track house and I think track house made a better investment of getting Suarez than Michael Jordan Denny Hamlin did and Bubba Wallace to be quite honest with you yeah oh no I agree Yeah, I, think I about agree all the money 
invested into Bubba Wallace, and then here's Daniel Suarez, who probably brought maybe, you know, somewhere in the estimates, probably about $10 million to the table with a brand-new team uh, by a former driver and uh, a rap star, or uh, I don't know what you would really call uh, Pitbull, but obviously you call them low money, low money, because they've got things going uh, for my little amigo down there at the track house team. <laughs> Uh, the, the, the smile, the, uh, the, the, the interview at the end of the race, when he was interviewed, the, the raw emotion, it, uh, it feels like, uh, Suarez is having, uh, his breakout year similar to what Matty D did, uh, last year and the year before last. Um, and it's, it, it, you know, any, any driver that, uh, that's not named Kyle Busch or Jimmy Johnson, uh, or Jeff Gordon has typically taken four to five years to mature and become a good driver. Martin Truex Jr. is the best example of a driver who it took it took some seasoning. It took some it took the right place and the right equipment and the right the right setting to make Martin Truex tick. And I I, I can see that in Suarez at this point in time. And I've I really uh, um, as, as I said just a second ago. We got forty million dollars sponsorships being pumped into Michael Jordan's race team. I, I don't think that much money is being pumped into this uh, this team called Trackhouse. And uh, but I, I guess they're renting their motors and they're renting their cars. I'm really just not too sure. I think uh, I think when I come back here uh, next week, I'll, I'll have a little bit more uh, information so we can talk about my amigo uh, a little bit more uh, because I think that. Uh, um, it's been no fluke. He's had he's had some good runs this year, and I, I don't think it's. I, I think this is just the beginning. Now, one thing I kind of want to talk about, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, and I kind of want to go on this tangent before we get our guest on here shortly, is that we had practice at Bristol Dirt. We had two practice sessions for both trucks and cups. Now. Since we didn't have the heat races because of weather and NASCAR had to do their NASCAR formula, which I think is BS. Why? Because you ran practice. Take advantage of your practice. Use that as your qualifying. Why can't you use it? What was the point of running all that just to be like, oh, we're saying screw the heat races. Oh, four people get to go home. They didn't get a chance to race their way in. Come on. If you're going to have practice and your qualifying gets canceled out, use your practice sessions. And here's why I'm saying this. You take average practice, the overall um, average Okay, Alan, lap time. I've got the ticker going on how many times you're going to say practice. Well, I got the ticker. I got the ticker going for how many times he says um. <laughs> um, that's not very funny, there, Craig. That's uh, that's that's uh, that's uh, okay, Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> so you have the overall lap times from each of the two sessions. An average, and I averaged those two overall averages out. 
And Jessica Friesen had the 10th fastest average. And she got to pack her bags and go home. While you have a... While Grant Enfinger, I don't know what happened in his two sessions. He didn't even make the top 40. What? Why do we have practice if we can't even use them to their advantage if we don't have fall fines? Yeah, I don't I, really know how long that we're going to continue without qualifying and, and, and practice. I think that... Uh, See the higher arcs of the, I mean, it's it's the entertainment side. Whether or not it gets televised, I, I'm not sure. But uh, um, I think I think that several people are making a push to NASCAR uh, to bring back more practices. Whether or not that happens this year, I'm not really sure. But uh, I do believe next year, being that the new car is coming out. But yeah, it. Like I don't. For me, I like the what Joey Logano calls it, the COVID racing, where you just show up to the track and just have at it. I don't like the fact you have to throw in the competition caution in these races. For the dirt race, I can understand why it was there, but for any other race we have, road course, mile and a half, short track, whatever it is, these competition yellows in the middle of the stages are just kind of throwing a giant monkey wrench and why. They make no sense to me. Adjust your cars when when you can. Like, let the race play out into the first yellow. You run, say, home, let's take Homestead, for example. Say the first stage is like a hundred laps, and they say throw out the competition caution. So say your the race plays on for twenty laps. Okay, you had your good twenty laps to feel the car. Go on pit road on the first yellow. Make your adjustments then. Don't do competition caution. That's just that's just dumb in my opinion. But if you do the practice and such like that, yeah. but and you don't have qualifying, use that as your qualifying. You had it for a reason. Now use now take advantage and use it. If qualifying cancels out. I just want to let you know that the guest is in the studio. So the guest is in the studio. Chris had a good point. He said that tire wear was a definitely a definite issue. Oh yeah, like I said, dirt the dirt race is one thing, but if it's a normal race outside of that, it's just why it's just my points being across like why have a competition caution for one? And two, why, and two, if you have a practice session and your qualifying gets canceled, take advantage of your practice session. Use that as your qualifying. 
and there's your lineup. That's all I'm saying. What's the point of people who are only there for one reason, don't have owner's points to back them up, and they know they need to race their way or set the fast time to get in but kind of get SOL when qualifying's canceled and now they have to pack the bags, go home after all the work that they tried to do in practice to set things up the way they needed to. Hello? What's up, Jay? How are you guys? We're good. All right. So I want to welcome you to our little dog and pony show called Race Chat Live. I want to thank you for uh, sending that bio over uh, late last night or this morning. You you sent us a message to me. I hope I didn't ramble. No, you did not. Um, well, I appreciate you guys having us. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. Let me ask you first. We'll get uh, we'll get to your background and stuff in a minute. <clears throat> did you sit and watch that race Monday or listen to it on Cirrus or? You know, I didn't. Um, I had some friends of mine updating me. Um, I I work for myself, and especially this time of the year, I'm trying to juggle a lot between business and race cars, and we're trying to get everything ready to go. So I didn't watch any of it. I, I saw some highlights, and I had some friends keeping me updated, but I didn't watch any of it. All right. Yeah, I was just wondering what your uh, what your thoughts were on it. All I, right. So know, I, I mean. For, from what I've seen, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it's kind of something brand new that, you know, there there's some kinks to be worked out of, but it seems like it brought some excitement to the fans. Some ex- and it also brought some drivers from the Northeast, you know, into the spotlight. So that's always a good thing. Yeah, that's, yeah, most definitely. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Jay, how you got started uh, what propelled you to do uh, to, to drive fast and turn left? Well, we um, we we live ten minutes from Albany, Saratoga. That's where I grew up, and at a young age, my parents always took me, and you know, it just it, it took off from there. Good friend of my dad's had a race shop right around the corner, and I used to ride my bike there, whatever whatever it took to get there or get dropped off and just hung out with those guys for a while, and then they invited me to start going to the races. You know, I think I was 10 or 11. You know, they picked me up every week on their way to Devil's Bowl. We'd make the trip up, you know, and I was just hooked from there. So, you know, I started out with enduro racing. We did a little bit of that, then street stocks, and then we kind of landed in the pro stock class. All right. Um Let's see. What you said your first enduro car was what when you were fourteen, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think I was supposed to be in an enduro at that age, um, and I don't think my mom even knew until the day of. But, <laughs> yeah, we, we. I had a. I never forget. It. it was a Chevy Nova four door with a six cylinder, and um, a friend of my a friend of my dad gave me the car. It was a you know. I think it was like an old street stock or something, and we had to put a front front clip in it, and we just got one with a motor and everything, and hooked it up, and away I went. So, that's 
tracks were you running up for the enduro? Um, I ran Albany, Saratoga, Devil's Bowl. I think that was it in in, in the enduro deal. Uh, I did run one at Fonda too. All right. Um, what? Uh, how did last year? What do you? What kind of business do you have? First of all, um, I sell classic car parts on the internet. I it, okay. primarily eBay. So how did? I mean, obviously, with the pandemic last year and we're, the way we're starting off this year, but how did it affect you last year, both racing and uh, and and personal? And then Chris wants – I'm going to follow that up with another uh, question. Okay. Well, I'll be honest with you. When everything first started to, first started to shut down and stuff like that, my business – for like two weeks, it was really quiet, and it was almost like everybody was just settling in. The you know, and then we kind of picked right back up. We're all mail order, so I'm thinking you know, it didn't affect us too bad because people were home working on their projects, and we could just ship the parts to their house. Right. Um, racing wise, I mean, we were ready to go. Um, we were fortunate enough that Albany Saratoga went above and beyond last year to, to make it happen and get us a full season. Um, you know, they, they, they did a really, really good job last year with, with what they were up against. And, you know, we, we ran one race at Airborne. We ran some at Glenridge last year. Um, so, you know, we ran both of the October fast races. So we, we, we got a, a good chunk of racing in last year. Um, it's not like I, you know, the, the year before I ran, I think 37 or 38 races, but we were in Canada, we were traveling, we were just, you know, going anywhere we could find a race. Now you ran street stocks. We had a guest on a few number of weeks ago. Uh, he ran, he runs hobby stocks down in PA and obviously street stocks, hobby stocks kind of look similar from, and he gave us his perspective of the difference between the two. Would you be able yeah. to give us your perspective of street yeah, stock versus hobby stock? When, when I ran street stocks, that was in the 90s, um, early 90s. And you know, our cars were basically a junkyard car with a roll cage, with pretty good, pretty good motors. It was before the crate. The, you know, a lot of the crate classes were happening. That the crates weren't even really around then. Um, but it was you know skinny tire, basically, kind of a step up from the enduro cars is what it really was. Um, but we we did have you know pretty good pretty good drivetrains. But the the rules were kind of kind of vague in the class I ran. It was there was an uh, an engine claimer, so that kind of kept you could run whatever engine you want, but it, it, you risk getting it claimed. Um, I I only ran that for one season, and then we bought the pro stock and moved up. But to today's street stock. Um, night and day difference. 
I I mean, you know, some of the Southern Tier Street stocks, those cars are just, those cars are really, really nice. Those cars are race cars. You know, it, it was nothing. When I ran that the class here, it was nothing even comparable to that. For now, for the pro stocks, for those that don't know Northeast pro stocks, this is basically image this basically like a the looks of like a super late model, except you add your except having pavement, um, the cars stuff on the car sitting lower and such. Uh, these cars have the normal dirt adjustments where everything's kind of more raised and whatnot for pro stocks I some of them have like the side spoilers some some of you guys don't have you guys have the regular spoilers in the back is there a difference in terms of, like aerodynamic wise is it more of a track thing is it more of a driver preference why do some pro stocks have a side spoiler is there advantage to it disadvantage um, um it, oh there, there is a lot. I mean, depending on where you go, you know, like Lebanon Valley, you know, you want your, you, you want a real nice tight body. You know, a lot of the Lebanon Valley cars have different interior tin in them, the way the interior tin is in the back of the car. Um, you know, there's like big tracks. Yes, you know, there's things done with spoilers and you know stuff like that. Um, our cars have like we have a spoiler rule. Um, you know, it, we, they have a pretty, pretty much basic footprint when it comes to body wise. There's, there's, you know, a couple different bodies you can run, uh, depending on manufacturer and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, like at Lebanon Valley, the big tracks, you know, long tracks, uh, aerodynamics does come into play a little bit, you know, to where, you know, if you ever go to Lebanon Valley and watch our, our class, those guys have their bodies really tight, snug. They're not all flapping around, you know. The hoods aren't flying around. The fenders are real tight. Um, so a little bit of that does come into play. You know, Albany, Saratoga, a um, little shorter track, um, not as much. But a, a lot of the, a, a lot of what we have going on in our classes, we all run. Obviously, we all run the same tire. There's one tire, one compound, one size. So that um that that takes a lot of work to to make these cars go like they do. So with the family aspect, um you mentioned that your daughter's gonna be racing in one of your cars this year? Yep, um, she was actually, well, she still is, um, she's my crew chief, um, it's kind of, we kind of just, uh, been doing this for the past three, four years, and she's really taken to it, she's really smart with what, what the cars are about, um, she's actually in the other bay of the shop right now working on her car. Um, so this year we decided she, she wanted to try it. So, um, she's going to be running one of our cars. We, uh, she's going to be practicing a lot to get up to speed, 
that once we feel that she's she, and once she feels she's ready too, then um, she'll start some races. You know, we'll probably start her, you know, towards the back of the field at Glenridge and um, see where it goes from there. Now she's going to be racing uh, pro stock as well, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, she is a pro stock. Now, what's this deal you got with uh, Kim Duell and Dean Charbonneau and working together? Uh, like, you well, guys kinda, share input, equipment? Like, how? what's that kind of ordeal? Yeah, th- that kind of came together last year. Um, we all made a trip to Utica, I think it was. It was just uh, we were all looking for a place to race an extra night, and we we all traveled out together. We parked together, you know, um, those guys, both of them, you know, their, their family operations, their families are very involved, you know, go to the races, you know, in the pits and we kind of all just hit it off. You know, everybody was hanging out, having a good time. We brought a bunch of food. And, um, so over the winter, the early in the winter, um, the three of us were talking and, Dean and I don't have real large pit crews, um, so we're like, you know, we we could all help each other in that aspect, and so then we got, you know, talking more, and we put a deal together to where we're all helping each other, whether it be at the track, whether it be during the week, you know, we all have, our cars are in our own shop, but, um, you know, we, we all talk nonstop every day. And, you know, we're helping each other and every every one of us brings something different and we all help each other in a different way. And it's working out well so far. It really is. You know, we, we throw ideas at each other. We're, you know, we share notes, whatever it takes. So it's, 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 a, um, it's a really nice deal. Now that... Now that your uh, your daughter's going to be coming in to race, obviously she's going to be working her way into getting some starts. Have you prepared yourself as a father at any racetrack, like conflicting-wise, if, any, if anyone kind of gets into it with her? Do you know where to step in as a father and kind of, you know, help her out or or something like that? Yeah, you know, she is, um, she, you know, she's very involved. She knows, you know, a majority of the drivers. Um, you know, things happen. We've had things happen with us, with other people. And, you know, at the, the end of the day, it's, it's a sport. We have fun. But we, you know, we try to put that stuff behind us and keep moving forward. Um, I, I think we'll be fine when it comes to that stuff. Um, we won't be racing the same nights only because we don't have, you know, a large amount of help. So I'm I'm looking forward to it, honestly. I mean, as much as I like to race and I like to drive, I'm looking forward to, to the other side of it. But I'm really not, you know, I've been around it all my life. I know how stuff like that happens, but I'm really not. I'm not really concerned with it. These these guys that we run with are all, you know, I I feel over the past 
few years, the class has gotten more and more professional. I mean, you look at some of these cars and the, the time these guys are putting into them. You know, you see teams come, you know, with all matching uniforms. And, you know, these guys, it's a pretty respectable class. It really, really is. And it's almost like the class, the class is small because we're only northeast. But, you know, it's almost like they're, everybody in the class is a family, too. Now, you guys have your own uh, series, the Dirt Car Pro Stock Series. Can you explain to us, I know personally for me how that ordeal works, at least for the most part. But, like, can you explain to people who may not know about it and uh, how does that whole thing work in terms of maybe kind of like home track bonus and when you guys travel to other tracks and such? Yeah, um, actually, we just got the we just got the email the other day uh, about home track points and everything. So there's for us, I believe there's eight races total in the series. The first two are in Canada. Hopefully the borders open and we can get back to normal. Um, but so we'll travel the eight races. Points are kept track of for the series and then your home track points. So mine would be Albany, Saratoga. Um, depending on where you finish in your home track points, you get a bonus added on, um, to your dirt series points. So it's almost, you know, you have to run a home track to, to have a chance to win the series. Um, the home tracks I think are, that are included is like Albany, Saratoga, Lebanon Valley, Glenridge, uh, Can-Am, Granby, and Cornwall. And I think that's it. I apologize if I missed any, but I'm pretty sure that's, that, that those are the tracks that are included for the home track. Now, running for uh, Super Dirt Week, what kind of uh, – preparation you guys have to go into that especially when you have the probably one of the biggest races I I'd probably say the biggest race of the entire season how do you progress toward that when you first start out and how oh. much stress does that put on you and your team and your teammates well we ran not last last year but 2019 we ran dirt week um we completely went through the car front to back, you know, freshened everything up suspension wise, you know, ball joints, steering, all that kind of stuff, checked everything over. We hung a new body. We put a new wrap on, um, you know, you're out there, I think for four days, five days. So, you know, there's a lot to it, you know, getting the camper ready and getting everybody ready to go and making sure we have everything we need, not only racing wise, but to live there for four or five days. Um, we, we had a great time. I mean, the, 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 the end result wasn't great, but we had a great time. Um, that is that and Charlotte are our two big ones. Um, I really like the race in Charlotte. I raced there years ago. Um, I've only run there at least once. Like I said, 2019, I loved it. I had a blast. 
Um, It's nice to put the class on that level for that weekend. And, you know, Dirt Car does a great job and, you know, and making that happen for our class. So, um, but stress-wise, it's, you know, it's more, I think you get more excited about going so you really don't get stressed about it as long as everything goes smooth. But for the most part, everybody freshens their cars, brings them out there looking like it's the beginning of the season again. And um, it's a good time. It really is a good time. I, I really hope we get back there this year. Um, it's a lot of fun there. With Now, what kind of information do you guys share? And Do you guys kind of, like, give? And Is there any information you, like, want to give, but you kind of hold it to yourself in a way? Like, do you kind of bite the nail and just hold it back, or do you say bite the nail and kind of or bite the other nail and have the ad, advice or suggestions being thrown out to them. With, meaning, meaning with with my guys on my team or with other people. Both. Um, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, I taking some time off for my business and stuff. I got behind in the class when I came back. And it's very easy to get behind in this class. Um, I, I feel that the class gets better by the week. The competition is so good. So for the past few years, you know, I've, I've been, you know, asking questions, leaning on guys for advice, doing all the homework I could. And, you know, we, we got better. Uh, we got a lot better. We had some real good runs. Um, we, we, we started having a lot more solid runs. Um, I mean, I tend to, you know, help whoever I can, whatever way I can. And I mean, nobody's ever going to give you all their secrets. As for my, for, you know, Dean and Kim, it's an open book with all of us. Um, that, that was part of the agreement we all made. We all want to see each other have a good season. Um, we all kind of set some goals together, you know, just to try to help each other. So, um, but honestly, I mean, everybody has their own little tricks and their own little secrets, and they're all trying this and that. And that's the that's the fun part of our sport, trying to figure that trying to figure that stuff out. Um, but I, I, you know, if anybody asked me anything, unless it was something that I. I knew it was just completely out of the park advantage. I might hold it in, but for the most part, we all work together still. Now, can I come on real quick? This is Christopher Creighton, uh, Jay. I've got a question real quick for you. Um, I'm normally back here in the back. Um, so are y'all like sharing your spring package and, uh, um, that type of information? What exactly is the information being shared with the, with the teammates? It's just out of curiosity. Yeah. You know, spring shocks, I mean, anything gearing, um, what we're trying, you know, what, what we're trying to do, what, you know, just 
anything that we're coming up with that that we're possibly trying. Um, I think uh, an an advantage to doing this is, so if we, the three of us all go to Albany, Saratoga on a Friday, we have three sets of notes from that one night. You know, this guy might be trying something a little different because that's his preference to where that might work out for him. And, you know, he might tell me Saturday morning, hey, this worked for me, to where if I was just on my own, it might take me three or four weeks to to even try something like that. So having three cars, you know, um, at the track same night, I mean, that's that, that's a big, big deal. And I know, you know, there's other guys that in our division that have multiple cars, um, you know, that are successful. And I think a lot of that is to do with having multiple cars on the track the same night. So that's kind of the direction we tried to go, um, just to try to help all three of our programs at once. Yeah, I see a lot of this going on in the drag racing world, and now I'm hearing a lot of it uh, transferring over to dirt track and asphalt, as well as as, as teams get more and more computer generated. Um, it seems to be that this is uh, sharing information is the way to go. But I mm-hmm. guess my, what I was kind of feeling like was that maybe there was a third wheel that it, two cars would do the same thing, and then the third car would maybe do something different and see how all that gels. Because at some point in time, the way a driver drives the car should impact how those notes read. Am I am I close to that? No, you're right. Um, actually, our cars have two different rear suspensions. Um, the the coil springs setup has evolved in the past four, three or four years. Um, there's been a lot of success on coils. There's been a lot of success on leafs. Um, we have both a car with, with both. We have one leaf, we have one on coils. Um, we might be running the leaf spring car one night to where Kim or Dean are running a coil car or vice versa. So yeah, even though we're all sharing notes, we all have some different stuff going on too, but those guys both have each a leaf and a coil car as well. So, but I do agree with you too, is, you know, at the end, it it comes down to the driver preference. So even though something might work for Dean, I try it. It just might not be my thing. Right. Exactly. So Go ahead, one final question question for we get Craig to hand over everything. If you I'm sure you remember the old local pro stock well, they used to have pro stock in their series, the King of Dirt series. They 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 now focus around the crate sportsman and I hate kinda hate to see I like that they're focusing around the local track and King of Sportsmen and I kinda hate that they've fallen back to where they are now. And I hate the fact that the pro stock kind of got faded out of that too. Would you be in favor of running a series similar to King of Dirt, if not exactly that? And what kind of tracks would you kind of see uh, take part of that to help 
some of these uh, more local tracks and maybe even some of these smaller teams that may not be able to travel to some of these like dirt car series sanction races. Yeah. You know, um, I'm all about if, if there's more series, there's more attention. Um, I think I, I've been trying to um, voice my opinion about maybe having some dirt series races at tracks that don't normally run the pro stocks like Fulton. Fulton has a, a huge, huge field of crate cars, crate sportsmen. And I just thought if we had a series race there, you know, might open open somebody's eyes that um, might want to give these cars a try. I mean, we have the same motor, basically the same transmission. You know, they're a little a little different, but, you know, the, the way it works is the same. Um, I know that the Canadians are doing some small series this year. And, you know, if the border does open, I plan on going to Cornwall for the, I think they have four or five races. Um, you know, kind of like a little mini series. And we were going to go run those, providing that we can. Um, I think the series, even smaller series um, are good because, you know, you have four or five races. You might get a guy that that can't afford to travel or doesn't have the time work-wise to travel and do the whole dirt series. So um, I, I'm all for anything like that. Um, I think that help, that would help the class grow. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, this was a very informative 30 minutes. Yeah, I want to thank you for uh, joining us tonight and rearranging the schedule. Um, oh. We like to give a huge shout-out to sponsors and, and crew people that help make your racing possible. Who do you got sponsoring you this year? Well, um a to Z property maintenance. Um, you know, they're 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 a big sponsor for me. Um Shana Goodson Realty, MG Electric, uh, West End Towing, D E Designs, those are the guys that made that car look good. Um, you know, somewhere in time, collision and restoration. I don't know if you guys seen pictures of our, our new car. They're the ones that painted the car. D E's the one that you know, did all the lettering on it, Dave and Scott over there. Um, Classic Muscle Parts, Michael Pierce Photography, Elmo's Speed and Supply, um, Carbs by Ray, who does my carburetors. Um, and obviously the 14 and the 14, those guys, you know, it, it's amazing what's already happening. We haven't hit the track. And, you know, um, my family and everybody, we don't have a, a real big crew, so we're just a family-run operation. So we, we have well, a lot of fun. Family is also important in racing. I mean, that's there's well, no you doubt know in when, when we travel to a series race, sometimes it's the best part of it is the traveling part of it. You know, joking around, laughing seeing everybody, seeing different things, meeting different people. Um, you know, without all my sponsors and without my family, I would not be able to run like this. No, no. And then that's, uh, 
Again, that's super important. Uh, I, I did see your car, actually. I seen it on Facebook the day you posted it. And I said to myself, that is one sharp. That is one sharp-looking ride. So uh, Yeah, we wanted well, to do it different. You know, we we wanted our sponsors to stick out, um, and and right. I think that's I think that was accomplished. Yeah, D Designs does nice work. Yeah, they do. They're really really good. They're good friends of mine, but they do really really good work too. All right, so I want to thank you. Sorry, I'm losing my breath. I want to thank you for joining us tonight. We're actually going to. This show will uh, maybe we'll replay it one day this week, uh, Saturday okay. afternoon. We'll look into it. Now, Chris, we can make that happen, can't we, buddy? Uh, yes. Uh, this show is always you can find us on the podcast Apple Podcast uh, through One Kid Nation Sports. If you need the link, I'll be glad to send it to you. We're also on iHeartRadio, and uh, we, of course we uh, we try to air it quite a few times through the link and Spotify. Yeah, we're we're on all the major networks, so you can find this show. But uh, you, you, it's the One Kid Nation Sports Group that you have to look us up underneath. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you for being on. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thanks. Take care, guys. All right. You too. Bye-bye. What a great interview. What a great interview. All right, Jason yeah, said he's going to replay it in the morning. Okay. All right. Um, yeah, what a great interview. And uh, interviewer and interviewee, Taz, uh, you, you're doing a great job. You've come a do. long way already in less than a year. You handled that uh, like a like a professional, and uh, I'm proud uh, proud to see uh, that become a strong point in your with your personality. It, the, those two are really gelling together, and you you're doing an awesome job. And you know, it takes a good guest a lot of times to make the interviewer uh, uh, feel successful. If you get a guy on who doesn't really want to talk about anything, you know, probably you know. That's not the case here with Jake. He gave us something, and he, he there was it was a lot of information, and we were able to weave through it and uh, come up with some pretty classic stuff to talk about. Uh, but uh, as I said, Taz, you've come a long way in the last year, man, and uh, you knocked it out of the park there. A great home run uh, for the team and and for you as well. So uh, and, and and just an awesome guest there. Yeah, yeah that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, having a bio helps, but being that I've always had questions and concerns in terms of uh, his the class that he runs in general, it kind of – he was the perfect person because he was very informative and very uh, – he may have explained things to some people who may not know much of anything about racing that may want to get into it and – May want to get into different forms of racing, so it just kind of helped for at least for me that kind of knowledgeable, but at the same time, there's parts where I wanted to know. And being as informative as he was, it was great to kind of feed off of him and ask him what I wanted more info of or what I didn't know that I was always curious about. So you said it there. Curiosity is what makes an interview. If the interviewer is not curious about something, then the, then the interview can be completely blown. So that curiosity is what makes the interview good because the questions that you asked are most of the time built off of 
the type of interview that you're having. You can start out with basic questions, but if you just stick to those questions, you're going to miss the good point. And I think over the years, Craig, uh, and you can mm-hmm. vouch for this, uh, when we've sat down with certain people and we've interviewed them, we've gotten stories that you would have never gotten had we stuck to a script. And uh, I think that that's probably the most amazing thing about when you come on to Race Chat Live, uh, we, we'll, we'll, we'll pick your brain and see what, what, what's up there. Uh, we've had some uh, people from Brandon Hightower to uh, uh, come on, Craig, help me out. I mean, you brought uh, you brought so many Alan guests Bethlehem. on. Alan Bethlehem. No, no, who? Alan Bestwick. Oh yeah, Alan Bestwick. You know that. Well, I, I was speaking more on the uh, local, like Mike Bellinger. I believe Mike Bellinger was the guy who had never won a race, right? But he, he owned a car for somebody who did own a race, right? And I just remember uh, uh, picking his brain and, uh, you know, just coming out with a great interview. There's a lot of there's a lot of, of interesting aspects about a Southern guy listening to a sport, listening to people talk about a sport that he loves in a different region. And so when you guys are explaining what types of cars you're racing and you guys are, are on point with uh, bringing out, you know, like Dad said, things that he's already knowledgeable about but doesn't know if I know about it, that's what makes that interview good. No, you're absolutely right. No, and, and it's funny story is we were talk, you were talking about scripted, scripted interviews. About seven, six, seven years ago when I worked at a local station, um, I had, I had a, I had an interview set up because the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame was in town, and I had an interview set up with one of the attendees, and I had a bunch of questions written down. I think I got the three of them, and I'm like, you know what? You know how Russ Limbaugh used to take the uh, paper, cringle it up, and throw it over, or, or David Letterman? I did it, and we just freewheeled it, and it was a lot better of an interview than, like you said. Chris, if you stick with a script. Um, so, yeah. And and Mike Bellinger, it's funny you mentioned him. I work for him now. So, uh, I think it's, I think it's pretty funny. Um, listen, let's get back to, we're off, we're, well, we're not off next week, but NASCAR is off this weekend, this coming weekend uh, for Easter. It's their Easter break. And, uh, but we're going to be back here Monday night. We've got, um, Hillbilly Sports race team is going to join us, and I'll be sending out the bio for that and creating the link for that uh, in the next day or so, so that way we can get it shared out. But uh, we killed it this. I, I think we killed it tonight. No pun intended. Um, I, I'm definitely looking forward to. Uh, next week's interview too. Hopefully, uh, he brings it just like Jay brought it tonight, and uh, definitely, definitely looking forward to. Uh, he actually races up here in New York and down in Florida, and right now he is down in Florida uh, racing. Wow! Until we get up and moving, and I'm still working on interviewing a young man down in Delhi. Um, and we're probably going to pre-record that interview since he's a little shy. I can get stuff out of him, but it'll be it'll be better recorded than it will be live. Um, 
But, yeah, man, Jazz, you nailed it, buddy. Let's get back talking about uh, Bristol and the season so far. What do you got, Jazz? Well, seven races in, seven different winners. And they said it. It has not happened since 2014. It's been seven years. Hey, lucky number seven. What do you know about that? Seven races. Seven different winners. Seven years. Are we in Vegas? Someone help me out here. No, we're not in Vegas. <laughs> we're in Fulton County, New York, and he's down in Tumsuba, Mississippi. We ain't anywhere near Vegas, my friend. <laughs> well, the lucky sevens are striking, but um, it's crazy to say that we have – this many winners going on already into the season, and it just shows that the Cup Series this year is very competitive no matter what kind of track you're on, whether if it's uh, Daytona, the road course, or short track, dirt track, intermediate. It's just showing that we may have a very competitive season. And I wouldn't be surprised. Well, we'll be a little bit, but I wouldn't be very surprised if we have 16 winners at the end of the regular season where nobody will get in on, or nobody gets in on points. I Not think a question. I, like I said, I'll be a little surprised if it happens, but I wouldn't be at the same time. At the rate we're looking at things, but who knows? It maybe we could see somebody kind of thrive in and say, and say, "This is my season. This is my time. Here's here's where it's at." We all thought after Kyle Larson's first win, Kyle Larson could be that guy, and yeah, he's got the speed to run up there. Bristol Dirt didn't go the way he had hoped, as everyone had hoped. Atlanta, he pretty much had it up until the closing laps where Blaney snuck in and stole the show. So, I mean, who knows at this rate? I think think what we're looking at is going to be we can look at particular teams and see what teams are going to be more threatening than others, but in terms of drivers, at this point, you're now playing the lottery. That's what I believe. Yeah, your well, Xfinity like and truck lottery. is kind of Xfinity and truck is still kind of here's your dominant force, here's your not dominant force. Look over here, but Cup, there's just so many variables this year. It's kind of hard to say who, like, your big three or who's that one driver you got to be looking at right now and looking forward to? Yeah, I don't think I don't we're think talking about the big three. Thank God. I mean, we finally have something going good. And, of course, you know, we're going to throw it all the way at the end of the year and start with a new car where the uh, best-funded organizations will once again be at the top. So enjoy this year. Well, I think it's great. We're not. I, I concur with you, Chris. That we're not talking about a big three. Uh, a couple years ago, that dominated every show we did. And 
That was back in what, 2019, 2018? Yeah. 18 that, 19, that dominated every show, and it was, after a while, we could have just put it on repeat. So I'm glad that, you know, oh, I got a funny story for you. I don't, I don't know if I shared it right or not. I was going through Google today, and because, you know, if you want any good information, you go through Google. Um, Dale Earnhardt Jr. made sure to bust on Mr. Hendrick about one driver that Mr. Hendrick passed up and would not sign. Do you know who that was? Does it start with Matt and N and Deb? No. It starts with an M and starts with an M and his last name is Phil. I don't know what that noise was, but his name was Martin Truex Junior. Um uh Dale wanted him to sign him. And Mr. Hendricks said he didn't see any real potential in him, and he didn't want to effectively waste money. And, well, lo and behold. Well, I see both sides of this. Yeah, he won a championship. Yeah, he's with Gibbs in a great organization, and he's running top. But at the same time, I see Hendricks side of things like I'm kind of wasting money in a sense because now I have a now I have a big name and a veteran driver but I need to rebuild my team to no 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 this kind was, of no this was before Truex was a championship driver this was beforehand Oh, this was this was long beforehand, and so Dale makes it a point to bring it up to him, you know, once or twice a year, and uh, just remind him that, hey Rick, I think you screwed up, and I wonder if Mister Hendrick is kicking himself in the old keister. Nah. Because instead he wasted his time on. Instead he wasted his time on. I don't know because hold hold up guys I don't know because you you got to look at what you would have had with Cole Pern and Cole Pern could have very well carried the organization uh, to a whole nother level similar as what uh, Ray Everham at Canals Steve Letarte Alan Gustafson. You know, it's not just the driver, guys. The Hendricks always been able to to bring aboard. I can see Junior's point on that one. It, it was it, it's a loss by the Hendrick organization not to have brought him in. Right, and that's and that's where I think that Junior was going with that was the fact that you know he lost out on you know. But how long was Mister Hendrick going to keep him around if he wasn't winning? Of course, he did keep Junior around for a while. But that was, I'm sure, strictly advertising dollars, and I'm a, and I'm a, uh, 
I was a huge Dale Jr. fan, but I call I call a spade a spade when I when I see it. So y'all y'all say nothing bad about Dale Jr. He's the savior of the sport. Y'all not say yeah. nothing bad about Dale Jr. He's he's the savior of this sport. Oh, I know what I wanted to say quick, and I wanted to say it before CJ got off the air. Um, we've never still we've still never received our um, expense for uh, dinner Saturday night. Taz and I got Saturday afternoon. Actually, Taz's family and I got together down at the Fonda Car Show down at Via uh, Port Rotterdam in the Rotterdam Mall here in upstate New York, and uh, it was it was quite sad. Actually, I mean, I know that there was restrictions, but when any other year, when you were to go to that mall for that show, you would that that thing would be packed. The cars weren't. Some of the cars weren't six feet apart. I know the uh, old time cars where Taz and, and his family had their pictures taken. Um. There was a bunch of cars like close together, but it was it was a nice show for what they could do for it. Um, what did you think, Taz? It, I mean, it was glad to have something, but like you said, it was kind of sad. I mean, whatever that is. They could have had more cars in there. I understand restrictions and all, but, I mean, how can – cars are not humans, people. This is not a Disney movie. I don't understand. It was was saddening, but I can't complain all that much. I mean, compared to last year, it's better. We have – something compared to last year where it was canceled we had nothing well last year wasn't it Taz that they started rolling cars in and then it was shut down they were no they canceled they were talking about I think it was Monday when things started shutting down the Monday which was Monday right before that actually they were talking about maybe limiting options or just keep everything the same Except at, like, sanitation stations and, you know, just kind of being aware of things. And as we got along, everything started getting worse, and they were kind of watching things. And I think it was about Wednesday they were – they were it got so low in capacity that they just said, you know what, the heck with it. We're just going to cancel it. And I know oh. – I think some of the guys that were getting ready to – push their cars in Thursday. I think they were loading up their trailers Wednesday night. So they were prepped for Thursday. I did get to, uh, I did get to see um, Mike Jackson, who we've had on the show before. Um, I did get to see him. So it was nice to see my, uh, my, uh, my buddy who underwent, a more extensive surgery than I did over a year ago, but it was nice to finally be able to visit with him a few minutes. Uh, it was, you know, it was different. 
there was a good turnout for what there was. Hopefully next year we'll be able to get back to uh, uh, regular numbers, regular cars. I know opening weekend for Fonda for practice is April 10th, which just happens to be my daughter's 29th birthday, so I probably will uh, miss that. But April 17th is the start of the uh, season at Fonda, and I'm going to see what I can do to go um, and maybe go watch some stuff and get some pictures and, and things like that. So, And I think Glenridge starts the week after, if I'm not mistaken. Jose, I, I don't remember when Glenridge starts, but I know last I heard through some birds, I don't know if you talked to any of the Fonda staff there, Craig, at the show, but Last I heard through some birds that for Fonda, and I think this was wonderful King Cuomo's regulation, that I, you have to have a vaccination card and you've taken at least the stage one vaccine and or you need to have a negative COVID test in order to get into the gate at Fonda. Right. Which either one for me seems... For me in the vaccine part, I have my opinions. I'll leave that out. I've already said that to many people. I'm not saying I'm against it. I'm not saying I'm for it. I'm going to keep my opinions out of it. In terms of COVID testing, I think it's kind of a little much to go out of your way for a COVID test and then paying your fee for the track and whatnot to get in. And, of course, however much money you're spending, like food, drink, whatever, I yeah, just which is personally not cheap. think it's a little much. Yeah, which is not cheap. I mean, I went to Glen Ridge last year, or no, two years ago, rather, and I probably dropped for three of us $70, 70 to $100 between food and, and gate. So, I mean, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a cheap night, you know. But it is what it is, and, and that's how we support our local races. We try to go. I try to go as much as possible. Don't know how much I'm going to be able to go this year um, with the uh, DJ business um, booking like wildfire. But um, hey, not CJ, sure how much I'm doing. Yeah, because you work now on Sundays. I, well, I so. work on Sundays till two o'clock, and then of course flagging on some Saturdays. So, but I don't know, man. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to hitting some races this year. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm actually traveling down to Wake Forest, North Carolina, um, July 14th, 15th. I'm sorry, 15th. 16th and then I DJ a wedding on the 17th so I'm going to see if I can catch a race down there if they have a track down there maybe I'll try to go to go to a race that night and uh, see how they do it down in the south the dirty south oh, before, before I forget and uh Actually, we can actually go out with this if we want. I was scrolling through, I was scrolling through YouTube 
the other day. I think it was Monday or Tuesday. Looking for um, just looking for something different. Oh, Taz, tell us about that, and then we'll go play what I wanted to do. <laughs> so SRX test. Uh, we know they tested their cars at Caraway Speedway with uh, Ken Schrader. From what I've heard, things went well. Obviously, they made adjustments to it with needing to be adjusted and all of that sorts. Uh, yesterday or this past weekend, whenever they did it, they went. They did some dirt track testing in South Carolina at the track that they call it the place your mama warned about, Cherokee Speedway in Gaston, South Carolina. And some people question, are they keeping the windshields on? Are they taking them off? Well, SRX posted this tweet on Twitter that maybe lasted like two minutes before they took it down. And and I quote, they put this, no windshield, no problem, hashtag dirt done right. Shot has been fired at NASCAR. Wow. They got well, some, that uh, is why that is why they shouldn't not use a windshield and put a screen in there. I mean, I said this in the intro to the show, in the description of the show. Um, I said, should cars, should the cars be like dirt cars and not an asphalt track covered in dirt? What I mean is, they should have tried to replicate the dirt cars as much as possible and get rid of the front windshield, get rid of the windshield, put a screen in there, and then they could have run it. You know, it would have been just a tad bit more realistic. Your thoughts on that, Chris? I don't know where Chris was at. Your thoughts on that, Taz? Well, I'm I'm iffy on this. I'm, I guess you could say in the middle. Because Mike Joy said it, that with the windshields on now, they left them on there because when they used to run dirt 50-plus years ago, they had the windshields on then, so they kept them on now. Which is fine because the truck dirt races have the windshields. But here's the difference. You ran dirt in the day. And the trucks ran Eldora when they were over there. They ran that at night. You had not so much vision problems at night, but you had some vision problems during the day. And not just from the driver's uh, perspective, from a spotter's perspective, too. Listen to Radioactive, and one of the spotters said, I can't see, so check up if you can. And at that point, their driver was already wrecking. So, this is, and I had to, and when Kyle Busch wrecked towards the end of that race, and he said, 
he couldn't see a darn thing, and he made his point across on the radio, I was I kind of sat back and said, you know, I'm not a, much of a Kyle Bush fan. I usually don't agree a lot of what he, he says, but he makes a great valid point. Why are we running a dirt race in the day where visibility sucks? Not because of the the dust and dirt flying around is one thing, but when you have the sun blaring and beating down in certain oh, angles, what yeah, the conditions given, it just it takes everything away. Yeah, that just makes it ten times worse. All right, so I'm going to try to hit Wake County Speedway. Um, that night I'm going to see when the uh, when the races are, what night they are. If they're on a Friday night, then I'm going to definitely try to go after after I get set up for my wedding. Uh, well, not my wedding, not my wedding. I did that once. Um, <laughs> I did that once. It was the most expensive thing I've ever done. Um. Going to try to hit that. That looks like it's. I'm looking at pictures on Yelp, and it looks like it is an asphalt track. I uh, can't really tell from the pictures. Uh, Chris, do you know anything about that? He may or may not be here. Um, but yeah, it does. It looks like an asphalt track. All right. It says a great, inexpensive way to spend a Friday night. I'm all about cheap, buddy, let me tell you. I'm, not, I'm, I'm all about trying to get out on the cheap. So that is going to be – that is uh, that is definitely going to uh, uh, be a fun night, I think. Maybe I'll even try to get comp tickets and uh, we'll touch base with them and tell them I'm coming down and we host a show and – Maybe we can get some interviews while we're down there. But I, all right. So as I said, I was scrolling through the I was scrolling through the YouTube the other day on the big old interweb, and I was looking for something unique and different. Uh, unique and different is probably meaning the same thing, but you know, let's see if I can find it. Here it is. We'll be back in about three and a half minutes. Take a listen to this, and then we're going to give our final thoughts for the night. You're listening to Race Chat Live on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah, you keep it here. We have got all you need to know in racing. Turning them 
my name. Everybody knows that I came to win. As I say a little prayer and let the show begin. Wide open when the lights turn green. Yeah, buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Throwing mud, but it looks so clean. Yeah, buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Three eighths of the little bull ring. Yeah, buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Waffle House with a dirt track queen. Yeah, now that's a dirt track. Brand new lift, brand new shop. Brand new springs, brand new shocks. Fresh new motor getting picked up today. Lied to your wife about the price that you paid. Boy, I got it made. Ain't nobody flyer. Spent my last hundred on some good used tires. Tweaked on the chassis, made it a little lighter. Spacer on the left rear, cause I like them tighter. Uh. And everybody gets mad when they wreck bad. Dude, you hit everything but the tech pad. Hey, speaking of the tech pad, uh, anybody know what they're checking? They threw a yellow and he wasn't even spinning yet. They'll be talking about that on the internet. Pit lizards, I have to admit it, I like it when you got a little rare percentage. Wide open when the lights turn green. Yeah, buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Throwing mud, but it looks so clean. Yeah, buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Three eighths of the little bull ring. Yeah, buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Waffle House with a dirt track queen. Yeah, now that's a dirt track thing. Look, it don't really matter what you got. Sprint car, late model, or factory stock. Limited, modified, dwarf cars, and midgets. Even the mini sprint guys can come and kick it. Cause this is what we do to unwind. We've seen days of thunder a thousand times. So thank all your sponsors and wave to the haters. Break up the song in the enclosed trailer. Crack you a cold one and put on a smile. If we're talking about racing, we're gonna talk for a while. Hey, your car's pretty fast, but next week, I'm coming for that ass. Some call us white trash and don't show us respect, so they come out to the track and sit back and reflect, cause you ain't gotta be a hillbilly or a redneck to be in victory lane holding up the big check. Wide open when the lights turn green, yeah buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Throwing mud, but it looks so clean, yeah buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Three eighths of the little bull ring, yeah buddy, that's a dirt track thing. Waffle House with a dirt track queen. Yeah, now that's a dirt track thing. All right, I kind of like that. What'd you guys think? Taz? That was interesting. Yeah, I was uh, I was bored the other morning waiting to go to work because I got up at like 2.30 in the morning. Um, I swear I'm becoming my grandfather. And I don't know, I mean, some of that is a good thing, but not when you get up at 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, I will tell you that there are no races the weekend that I traveled down to Wake Forest. So that is kind of depressing. Um, Maybe I'll go over and try to take some pictures of the track anyway and share them online. Um, But Taz, you just shared something in the group, and then we'll get out of here. Um, we'll do our final touches. Something on the Super Series, the Cajun region down in Chris's neck of the woods. Why don't you tell us about it? So, here, Brandon Hightower introduced the Southern Super Modified Series, which had some rules mirroring the Short Track Super Series of Brett Dale and some other rules mirroring the Super Dirt Car Series and the Dirt Car Sanction rules and whatnot. Then, so they had some races down there in Louisiana, Texas, more in the southern region type of deal. They 
partnered with Brett Day on the Short Track Super Series last November to do a Cajun swing. And Brandon also invited some of the Northeast guys in May to run down there for a couple races for some big paying races, as a matter of fact. And the the Northeast and the Southern region of the country kind of teamed up together. And Brett Dale brought his series and said, let's bring you guys aboard. And the Southern Super Modified Series has now turned into what is now the Short Track Super Series Cajun region. They are a region of their own, big block, small block, small block, straight engine motors, uh, Northeast style modified, running down south. Well, last Saturday they were supposed to have their season opener at Chatham Speedway, but due to weather threatening, they played it safe and said, let's kind of can't postpone this event and we'll run it this upcoming Saturday. So at Chatham, Louisiana, at Chatham Speedway, will be race number one of the Short Track Super Series Cajun Region. And they, I believe they have 12 races on the schedule. I'll go over kind of quick. They are at Chatham Speedway this Saturday for the season opener. Then they go to Thunder Valley Speedway on April 17th. May 1st is at 171 Speedway. They return to Chatham Speedway again on May 29th, July 17th. Then they head to then Thunder Valley Speedway is only April 17th and August 28th. 171 Speedway has dates for May 1st, July 31st, September 11th, and October 9th season finale. And the fourth track they got was Sabine Motor Speedway on June 11th, August 13th, and October 1st. This this Saturday, season opener at Chatham. It's $1,000 to win for the modified winner. They have pit gates opening at 3 o'clock, hot laps at 6, racing at 7. I believe those times are more Central time, if I remember Louisiana being central time zone. Pit yeah, emission thirty. Yeah, pit emission thirty five dollars. Grants emission fifteen dollars. Kids and under free. Uh, transponders are required. If you don't have a transponder and need to rent one, they're ten dollars. They are, I believe, they have so far registered for this year almost twenty drivers. So that's, that's awesome. magnificent. And for down there, it's pretty magnificent, I would say. And then for some little awards, they have a $100 hard charger award sponsored by Shed Road Auto Parts of Bossier City, Louisiana. They also have Dave Motorsports providing trackside tire service as the series runs on American Racer tires. And AP... APE Engines has signed on as a 2021 sponsor for the series region. The next, oh, I'm going to bombshell this one. I believe it's Nacogdoches, Louisiana. Both 30 years of high of experience in high performance engines. They strive to offer the best custom service along with reliable power plants 
and they have produced thousands of victories over the past three decades at each Short Track Super Series Cajun Region event. The highest finishing competitor with an APE engine decal on their car will receive a $75 cash bonus courtesy of APE engines owner Kevin Hightower. And heading into the 2021 K- now Cajun region season, Caleb Dillard, who was the 2020 Southern Super Modified Series champion, who bought a car from the 2019 Short Track Super Series Grand Champion, Matt Shepard. He's ready, locked up to go. And we see Jimmy McComas, who won a Devil's Bowl earlier this year in Texas. He's got the Jeff Jeff Hetzler car this year. So some of the guys who got advice from the Northeast guys in November and last May, it seems like they're paying off because they're buying some new cars and more updated equipment. I haven't heard anything about a pay-per-view deal, but either way, it's going to be awesome, I believe. And we're going to have one of the series directors, as a matter of fact, uh, Tim Bates, he'll be on, and we'll talk to him and interview him on May 17th and talk about how their season's going and a bunch more for down south. And I believe Chris will have a blast with him there, too. All right. Well, it was definitely a hell of a show. I don't know where Chris went. Yeah, let, let, let me let me let me reiterate on the things that we might have missed here tonight. So uh, give me just a few seconds here as I get back to. Uh, well, I was there the whole time. I, I was just sitting back uh, listening to you guys. Actually, I, I did drop out there for a second, but uh, I would I would come back on. So what what we missed? Uh, of course, Martin Truex Jr. picked up the win. Uh, his very first truck win, believe it or not, very first truck win in his career uh, at the Bristol Dirt. First time for ever racing, sir. For somebody that hated racing on dirt, he uh, sure put on a clinic. Yeah, he was not looking forward to it. Also, Eric Jones gets a top ten finish. That I believe we missed that one uh, with uh, Richard Petty Motorsports. Um, uh, the reinstatement of Michael Mike Wallace. And Josh Ream? Real. how you said Real. All right, so those guys got reinstated uh, into NASCAR. Um, and, oh, the misfortunes of Larson and Bell, the two favorites coming into uh, this weekend's race. A second-place finish by Ricky Stenhouse, Jr., we did not have to talk about Ricky Shithouse this weekend. So, go uh, yeah. Kudos to Ricky Stenhouse for not making our top news. Uh, also, Joey Logano, first time uh, a driver has won on dirt in 50 years. Last driver was Richard Petty, now Joey Logano. Does that make Joey Logano the new age um Dominator? Is is no. this is this Joey Logano etching no. himself into the future echelons of the greatest of all times? No, drop it. Yeah. 
So, so you're saying he is a team obliterator. Uh, he, he, as a matter of fact, he started a fight with a guy who bent over backwards to bring him on to, into the organization. Now they don't even talk anymore. I could kind of see that as as both, but uh, you know, I'm sure Richard Petty wasn't a very good teammate either. Um, and last, I guess we'll we'll call it last. Uh, one more thing that we missed over. Tonight's show was uh, hold on. Oh my goodness! I can't find this is it very now. Cute. This is where you cue the Jeopardy music. Dun, 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 dun. Oh yes, of course. Bernard uh, Bernice Wood, uh, wife of Glenn Wood, passed away this past weekend. Uh, our thoughts and prayers. The Wood Brothers family. All right. Um, there they best just and worst, best and worst of the weekend. Pat. Uh, rain sucks. Crystal dirt should be done at night. Short track super series Cajun region opens this weekend. Okay, so That's what's it. the best and what's the worst? Best, Suarez scored a top five. Worst, Kyle Larson got screwed out of that race. Even though his car ended up looking like a modified, not going to lie, it was pretty awesome. Craig? That's probably about it. Um, best and what? Worst? Worst, I would have to say... Uh, the rain shooting until Monday. I had planned on uh, listening to it all day. Um, Sunday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, the best was was Martin Truex Jr. Uh, stepping up and winning in Truck Series for the first time ever on dirt. Okay, so my my best and worst was it's completely. I did not believe. I cannot believe that you guys left this one on the table. The worst, of course, is Jessica Frieza not not racing her husband uh, because of the rain. Y'all got close to it, but uh, I'll let it slide. But also, the worst of the weekend was we have to wait a whole another year before we get to see another dirt race at Bristol. That's that's my the best of the weekend was that we got to see a dirt race. At Bristol, there was a lot of naysayers, a lot of uh, okie dokies uh, throughout the fan base. But I don't care what anybody says. I believe it was a success. I'm looking forward to what we might have next year. And if I could give any suggestions to NASCAR, don't worry about the generation, the new generation car. There'll be plenty of these cars left in stock next year. Let's just bring these cars back and race at one race with these race cars. That way, that way, we're not putting technology into our new car of tomorrow, uh, the the new generation. What is it, six, seven, eight? I don't even remember. But anyway, it would be since there is not going to be competition pit stops, then we can have four, uh, five lug nuts or however many we're supposed to have. But anyway, as I digress and carry on and babble. Uh, I think it was a great show here tonight, guys. I appreciate everything y'all have done. And uh, moving the show to Wednesday, uh, it still felt like Monday night, and that's what's up. Uh, I hope uh, all of you had fun as well.
Absolutely, absolutely. I'm ready to go back at it Monday night. Uh, we're going to welcome Hillbilly Motorsports, and uh, yeah, we won't. We'll we'll preview Martinsville, and we'll probably do about an hour, hour and a half show. We'll preview Martinsville, and then uh, call it a night. So uh, I want to wish everybody a happy Easter. I hope that you get to spend time with your family and friends, and and uh, more importantly, your family, because well, that's what's important, I guess. Um, I want to thank y'all, everybody, for listening. Taz, I just want to give you props and shout outs again, buddy. That was a great job um, by you during that interview with Jay. So uh, you can definitely pat yourself on the back. And we'll give you a big pay raise when you come up for a review. We'll probably up your pay about a penny and a half, which is more than All Chris. All right. Oh, yeah, which yeah. Is, hey, look, you can take a half a penny from me. <laughs> the whole penny from Craig. Hey, yeah. a half a penny oh, from me I and guess. a half a penny from Craig will leave you a whole penny. Now you're the one making the most money here, so uh, – I hope you enjoy doing all the work. <laughs> hey, do we have anything on points this week? Oh, yeah, I'm in the yeah. lead. After yeah. my shit talking last week, I, I took the reins. And, uh, yeah, well, you know. Well, Tyler Chris, Reddit you me can... real good. Well, the truck, Jason still has a small gap on me. Chris was gaining, but I'm not far behind Jason, so Jason can't talk very much. Explaining, we didn't race, so who cares? Up. Well, Chris is starting to pull away from us. This Lee and I need to get need to grab a chain and kind of grab him down. Starting to get away. But in terms of combined points, Chris went from like fourth to second after this weekend. As uh, right now in trucks. Um. Mr. TJ leads with 81 points. I'm in second with 73. Chris, 58. Craig, 50. Miss Lee with 33. Up series, Chris with 120. Miss Lee, uh, 99. I have 85. Craig, 76. Jason, 48. Then in combined, Miss Lee is 170. Craig, 197. Jason falls to third with 215, and Chris skyrockets to second with 233. I'm still at the top with 250, but uh, I need to stop making some bold predictions and cup and start putting my homework together. That's where I'm, that's where I'm downfalling. You don't have to brag. Did anybody wonder why Austin Dillon – I know this is complete. we got to go. But did anybody wonder why Austin Dillon had a tough race and Tyler Reddick, like, propelled himself there at the end? And did anybody else notice the MGM on the side of the race car for Tyler Reddick? I noticed the MGM before the race even started. Yeah, that was up underneath the table there, but it's been rumored that his grandfather owns MGM. But I've yet to have confirmation on that. I've looked at the Wikipedias and everything. I've yet to be able to confirm that information. Uh, thank you guys uh, for being a part of the show here tonight. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Hopefully we had plenty of uh, listeners out there. You can find us on our podcast. Uh, you can find us on iHeartRadio. Uh, you can look us up on uh, Apple, I- iTunes, I- Podcast, 
You can also find us on Spotify. I believe you can find us on our website at the 110 Nation Sports. Dot com, the 110 Nation Sports.com. And uh, you can also just click the link here and uh, listen to us the old fashioned way. But uh, looking forward to next week's race, of course. If you have any local dirt track racing this weekend, I know this is a big weekend for tracks to open up. It's April. Uh, we're in spring. Hopefully, the northeastern corner of, of life has uh, defrosted and the snow is starting well, yeah, to melt. We're supposed okay. to get two well, to three we're, inches now. Well, we're supposed to have this the Easter snap, what we call it every year. It's the Easter snap. Uh, we will have a cold front. We have a cold front moved in, and we will be uh, 29 degrees tomorrow night. But after that, it's going to be sunny, beautiful, and we will be enjoying beautiful spring weather down in Mississippi. But we do have racing this weekend. Hattiesburg Speedway's running their weekly class. Of course, $800 to win. Crate Race USA uh, 604s. $800 to win down at Hattiesburg Speedway on Friday night. So if you win on Friday night and you win on Saturday night, you can walk around with somewhat about $1,800 in your pocket, plus be uh, tied for first in the Crate Racing USA National Points uh, as we kick off our National Points season uh, this weekend. we got Wanda Motorsports Park on Saturday night. I'll be the announcer there. Uh, so uh, come on out to the House of Hook. Uh, and bring your friends and family and a good time, and uh, we'll party. But Talladega is coming up here in just a few weeks. Of course, my crew is getting ready uh, to uh, attend the race that we had to miss last year. We'll be celebrating 11 years in a row going to Talladega. Even though we didn't get to go last year, we still got a hall pass from uh, Talladega Super Speedway because we did buy our tickets, so technically we're getting a hall pass uh, for the uh, for our 11th season in a row of going to the sacred grounds of Talladega Super Speedway. If I could ever get you guys to meet me anywhere, it would definitely be at that racetrack. But as I blabble on some more, I know it's time to go. Greg Moore, thank you for everything you do. Taz, great job tonight. Pat you on the back, man. You have come a long way. Uh, with your interviews, of course, you are always on point with your dirt track news. I can't wait till y'all season gets kicked up so that we can get some more of that awesome information that uh, that, that that you've been known to be able to bring forth here on the radio show. But uh, so, Craig Moore, Taz, if there's anything else that you guys need to say, bring it forth, or we will close out the show. No, I am good, my friend. We need a good, good outro. Yeah, we, we always go. This is Race Chat Live with the caution flagger with the caution flag of radio. Mr. DJ Moore music. If you need that guy. And you got the Tasmanian Devil Flaggers right here. We're gonna go out with a bang and sign things off TNT style. Just a good old boy. Never meaning no harm Beats all you never saw Been in trouble with the law Since the day they was born Straightening the curve Planting the hills Someday the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way The only way they know how 